Welcome to The Pillars, the podcast of the 363rd ISR Wing of the United States Air Force. On every episode of The Pillars podcast, we like to find a brief resilience topic that we can present so you can help fix those issues, those challenges you have in your life, and finish a better airman, wingman, and leader. So welcome back to The Pillars. We're happy to be with you today, and we have a holiday tree in back of us, which is not related to any specific holiday that we can talk about. So we won't. But today we want to talk about something regarding grief. Now this topic, it seems like a downer topic, but why would we talk about it this time of year? Well, frankly, most of us have a football team that we follow. Mine happens to be in the Midwest in Colorado. I won't say their name, but at this point is when we could experience some grief around how they're performing this season. So Dr. Reichwald, how can we deal with this yeah, kind wow. of grief? Yeah, wow. At the expense of cheapening everyone's experience, yeah, right? let's talk about sports ball. <laughs> yes, yeah. sports ball. And the sadness that ensues. <laughs> yes. I'll tell you where I come at this topic, okay, and why I think it's important to talk about. Um, For some people, the holidays are a magical time of the year. Mm -hmm. Um, It's something to be anticipated and look forward to the entire Mm -hmm. year. But for other people, I think they just are bracing for what they anticipate will be some kind of major major emotional impact, Mm -hmm. right? Um, You know, we just celebrated Halloween. I can get Mm -hmm. the holiday out there. Halloween. And... uh, Probably before that, we started transitioning in the BX and other retail establishments mm-hmm. to the end of the year holidays, Thanksgiving, Christmas, Hanukkah, choose, you know, choose your holiday. But we don't do a really great job in this country, I would think, or in Western society of acknowledging difficult stuff, right? Um, the day after Halloween, and I think this is prominent in your faith tradition, there's kind of a All Saints Day, mm-hmm. uh, the Mexican tradition of Dia de la Muerta, or De los Muertos, I think. The Day of the Dead. Yeah, I'm not. I'm, I'm not a Spanish speaker, yeah. so this is this is. I should have rehearsed a little bit more beforehand. But anyway, you know, the idea being that we take some time, we pause during this busy time of the year to acknowledge people that have gone on before us, ancestors, loved ones, that, and we take time to mark their deaths, but also also celebrate their lives. And I don't think we do a good job of that. And so, for some, the holidays uh, can be just fraught with just frantic behavior and sometimes I think that that behavior can be around distracting ourselves Mm -hmm. from um, some difficult anniversaries or maybe experiences, uh, losses that we've had in the past. It's understandable. Uh, A lot of times we put quite a bit of conscious and unconscious effort into avoiding unpleasant emotion. Um, But we're here to talk about that today, I think. What, What for some people is a difficult time of the year. Yeah. Well, and it's so easy to when you look at the different holidays and how the year is planned out, our calendars get really full and it's really easy to keep ourselves busy. Mm -hmm. So we don't have to take that moment or that break to even feel those emotions. I think some of it could potentially be uh, emotion avoidance, right? We're trying to avoid feeling the sorrow, the sadness. Um, I know you mentioned that, you know, there's kind of like this ugly cry, right? Mm -hmm. Nobody wants to see that person in that sadness because then we feel like it brings us down. And so we don't really create that space for people to even go through those emotions so that maybe people feel like they have to hide and have to isolate themselves to fill the griefing emotions or that process that they're going through. And then when they come back to work within a few days, people are like, oh, you're not over it yet? And it's like, no, we, it's going to take time. Yeah. And in this microwave society, we want it done in a minute. Yep. And 
we all, when we experience grief, we experience loss, you have to go through a grieving process. You will one way or the other, but some of us will actually numb it out, which is what that mm -hmm. avoidance, and we've talked about this a lot. Oh, definitely. And that numbing doesn't have to always be alcohol, but it can be business. It can Your be a whole bunch phone. of things. Yes. Oh my gosh, technology, the addiction rate to technology, and it's not just because it stimulates the brain with all the lights and the noises and everything, um, but it does, it, it totally distracts you. You can look at your phone and then look up and it's been hours later yeah. or your and, battery dies. And you're right. And I think one of the, the point of it is that in the holidays, it's one of the few times we actually slow down. Mm -hmm. So throughout the year, we're in sprint mode. we got to get things done. We have the mission. But now you get a break. You get a few days off. You're mm -hmm. home. And you can stop and those thoughts come in. So to answer a thought that comes in for folks, why am I thinking about this in mm -hmm. this time of year? For some of you, it's the first time you've stopped. For some of you, it's a person missing at the kitchen table. Mm -hmm. For some of you, your team is not going to go um, on to win for the year. It can be a major thing or a little <laughs> thing. And by the way, I, I'm not trying to denigrate or, or not acknowledge those feelings you're going through if you have true grief. I just wanted to try to keep this as light as possible for this topic, which is really hard. Uh, don't tell anybody. Okay, so what can we do in this process? How do we navigate grief? So some practical tips, right? I think uh, slowing down is a big part of it, you mm -hmm. know, and it seems like these messages are getting louder year after year. Just let's be super intentional about how we're choosing to spend our time yeah. during the year. There may be frantic efforts to keep up with uh, traditions, things that are an important part of our family lives, but slowing down, making time to breathe, providing yourself with some time to do those proactive self-care things um, are, are really, really important. I think that when it comes to grief in particular, there's really no way over it, under it, or around it. You, you literally have mm -hmm. to just plow right through it. And sometimes, you know, maybe, maybe your sense is, oh, the people around me, they really don't have the emotional wherewithal to support me through mm -hmm. this. I may need to isolate myself. I may need to, and you're, you're really good at saying this, like say no to the good to say yes to the great to the great right so it may mean that you have to assertively turn down some opportunities to gather with people who love you who care about you but may not have the kind of wherewithal to support mm -hmm. you through we were kind of laughing about ugly crying right yeah but like it may it may get that nasty because yeah. during the holidays you know in particular uh people start to get a little bit more reflective and they think about lost opportunities, mm -hmm. you know, lost fantasy, lost plans that they may have had. Yep, I heard on the radio this one time, um, they were talking about uh, there was a grief and uh, the person wasn't coping very well. And how it was explained to the person is the reason why when we have a loss, it hurts so bad is mm -hmm. because there's all that love that we have in our heart that's going to be spread out over a lifetime to give to somebody. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden we realize it's been taken away. And so all that love has nowhere to go. And so it just sits and it hurts. Mm -hmm because you don't have that outlet. There's that grief, that loss, right? This is no longer. And so if you can look at it in this process and this idea that you have to work all these emotions out and get through it, it's gonna take time. It's gonna take years maybe, weeks, months, yeah. um, but it's a process and just keep moving, just keep moving forward through it. And I think well-meaning bystanders uh, who you know, love us and care for us may want us to, to get through that as well, right? Mm -hmm. But maybe not recognize the, that, that, that there is that process, right? Mm -hmm. And so sometimes um, sometimes people who are observing someone else go through grief, they may, may feel or struggle with feelings of impotence, right? Like, I'm in kind of fix-it mode and I, mm -hmm. I would really love to help you kind of move through this. Hey, there's a lot of good celebrating that needs to get done, you know, around the holidays. Can, is there a way we can kind of... Yeah. And there just may be no way 
and, and that to get through it and that just might create those feelings of impotence. So what can you do as someone who's observing this, watching this process, yeah. what can you do or not do mm -hmm. uh, to kind of help? I would definitely say do not take them out drinking. I know that sounds like an odd one to say out loud, but typically when we see someone down, like through a, a loss, right, we were like, well, come on, let's just go out. That may be a highlight for you, but that person, that might not be the best thing when you're adding alcohol into the mix. It's already depressant. We don't need to mix and make up more emotions than we already have. Um, so maybe creating that space in where they feel comfortable to grieve. Um, maybe doing something that's distracting, but maybe let's keep out the substances a little. Agree. And I think, oh, sorry, John. Oh, no, I think the two things, too, were ventilate and validate. So yeah. exactly what you're saying, find context where you allow them to vent. And a, a suggestion and something I've learned in the last 16 years is don't say, I understand what you're going through. Mm -hmm. Because you don't. Even if they've been through the exact same situation that you have, you don't fully understand them. But just acknowledge that you're there for them. Say, hey, yeah. I'm there for you. That's it. And then validate what they're going through. Now, that's a part of empathy. So if they feel terrible and bad, just say, like, oh, I can see that you feel terrible and bad. Like, repeat that back to them so that ventilate, allow them to vent, and then validate the feelings. Mm -hmm. That is such a good point. Uh, most of my grief and loss experiences are around uh, my fledgling attempts with my family to, to bring children into this world, right? And so uh, failed adoption, failed in vitro fertilization, uh, miscarriages, that sort of a thing. And even though those are very, very common experiences had by plenty of people, um, when I'm grieving, I don't necessarily want my feelings to be comprehended or understood, right? I want to just kind of sink into the, the despair and the isolation because that's where I'm, I'm actually doing some productive thinking and doing some productive work. So when a well-meaning, caring individual mm -hmm. is trying to kind of get their arms around all of it and say, hey, I understand how you're doing, it's it's not enough space for me, right? It, yep. It's too constraining. And, 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 and that can... I'm not sure what feelings that brings up in the other person, but they may feel, again, impotent. Like, I'm here to help, I wanted to help, I'm mm -hmm. trying to help, but I think what you said, validating and maybe just acknowledging, you know, if you are that person who's trying to provide some kind of comfort, being just like, I don't really know what to do. Yeah. And, and then there's a couple of spiritual things too I'll bring in, and, and one physical, so physical run. Run's really not a bad thing, or at least walk. I don't know how many times we've run where we've mm -hmm. been TDY and some really terrible things, and we're like, yep, run and talk, yep, and that's a great thing to do. That's one. On the spiritual front, from many faith traditions, and, and frankly, uh, I love all the ghost shows on TV. Don't tell anyone, that'll be our secret. But I, I, I may, some other people on this team may or may not like these shows too. <laughs> well, they're great, and from my perspective, we see from our eyes in a very small segment of the electromagnetic spectrum, the EM spectrum. Now you ISR folks know what that is. Some of you may need to Google it. But I believe that just outside that spectrum is where those folks who passed on has. That's the presence of heaven. That's why we have these spirits who are, in my opinion, these souls who still reach out and, and pray for us and we interact with them, those saints that have gone on. So in a very real way, it's okay to acknowledge if you're going through this grief that that person is still very much with you. Those mm -hmm. animals, those people that impacted you, that they've moved on into this area that's just outside of our view. Now, some of you will think this is crazy talk, but if you look mm -hmm. at the EM spectrum, it's pretty big, pretty wide. So that's one. The second thing is finding a spiritual community that you can grieve, uh, grief with. There's a um, share grief with. There's a group called Grief Share where you can go and sit around and kind of talk about what you're going through. That's really okay. And of course, you have resources like us. Mm -hmm. You have resources like Military One Source. You are never far away from getting help. There's always someone that will listen to you. If nothing else, 
hit the airman next to you and say, I'm having a rough day. Mm -hmm. And that's okay to do. And and for those of you who are on the listening end, just just hear them. Yep. It doesn't mean you have to rush them right to the chaplain or the psychologist or the mental health tech or chaplain assistant. You don't have to rush them there. Just listen for a minute. Mm -hmm. And some people just need a friend. Yeah. Great point. Witnessing and validation are can be very therapeutic. So whether it's talking to a coworker, you know, fellow airman, um, or whether it's reaching out to a formal grief counseling resource. Mm -hmm. um, and you mentioned spirituality, and one thing that uh, churches do particularly well is organize around these things. Things so you'll you'll find all kinds of resources. But maybe you're not a spiritual person. Maybe you're not a religious person. And in fact, that's one of those difficult things. Like mm -hmm. if a spiritual person comes up to you and says, "Well, I know they're in a better place right now." If you don't have that persuasion or you don't have that that grounding, that can kind of fall on deaf ears. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes it can really rub people the wrong way. If you are in the camp of people who uh, don't rely on a, on a faith or you don't come from a faith tradition or spirituality or uh, religiosity isn't an important part of your life, there are groups or mm -hmm. resources out there like Grief Beyond Belief. Right? Mm -hmm. These are people yeah. who get together for the purpose of supporting each other. Mm -hmm who don't share uh, a common um, faith system and uh, try to muddle through it best they can uh, yeah. in that way. So. Yeah, and then the only thing is, is if someone's coming to you um, and they're going through a grief, or even if they don't come to you, um, do check-ins. Check in with them. Uh, just because the grief happens doesn't mean that in a month or six months, that might be the time that they actually need you the most, right? Because there's a cycle, and if you Google, you know, the grief cycle, you know, you gotta go through the stages, so checking in with someone to just make sure that they're getting what they need and to the full extent. So yeah, they may have appointments at a certain place, but maybe they're not as frequent as they feel they need. Help av and advocate for them to get sooner appointments or you know more time off work, You know whatever we need to, especially now that we're slowing down for the holidays. Yeah. Um, I'm not gonna say the mission doesn't happen, um, but we definitely need to take time and breaks. Take some leave, um, mm -hmm. you know, Take yeah. some time with family. Can I mention something just because you talked about cycles and you talked about stages of yeah. grief. Um, you know, people who are going through stuff, especially something as unbookended, if I can use that, mm -hmm. as, a, as, as a grief process, right? You, we might like it to stop uh, at some defined time. So stages kind of give us some comfort, this idea that, okay, I'm here and I know I've got this ahead of me and I can mm -hmm. kind of see myself mm -hmm. moving through. So stages provide that sort of... Um, uh, bookmark. Um, we know now that grief is really more cyclical, mm -hmm. meaning you're going to kind of come back to these themes over and over at different periods in your life. They'll kind of lose their weightiness with each cycle that you go through. Each cycle is an opportunity to kind of peel off uh, a layer of emotion to express things a little bit more deeply. And over time, slowly but surely, in, in maybe not a very predictable fashion, some of this stuff just gets easier to bear. And you may notice the changes mm -hmm. in yourself. And when the changes are happening, um, just embrace them. Mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, you know, one of the great things, if there's a silver lining to all this, having been through some really crappy stuff in my life, and maybe you would agree or you would agree that you start to realize that there are people out there that when, when you go through something, just around the corner is someone who's probably gone through the same thing, right? People tend to come out of the woodwork when you, uh, you know, when a bad thing happens mm -hmm. to you. And in most, uh, many spiritual traditions actually will affirm that when you go through something, it's to help other people mm -hmm. go through mm -hmm. it. Uh, many folks I see going through this when I, or a type of grief or a difficulty, I'll ask like, what do you want to be when you grow up? Like later on, and they'll say, oh, I wanted to be a counselor, I want to be a psychologist, mm -hmm. I want to be you know, in clergy of some kind, some kind of helping agent. And to, in order to become an effective agent, I would argue that you can't get around trouble, you can't 
avoid it, you have to go through it mm -hmm. because then you can empathize with the person you're talking with. And I know every person I know on this uh, here right now, for sure, everyone in our team has been through some significant difficulties in their life and that that's what makes them stellar at what they do. So I guess that's probably a good place to wrap mm -hmm. for today. I want to thank you so much for listening to The Pillars, the podcast of the 363rd ISR Wing. We just thank you for what you do, especially this time of year, and just know that our resource is not that far away from you. You can always reach out to us. Anyway, have a great day. Bye. Mm -hmm.